0: Hello and welcome to Contramundum. Uh, Senator Dusty Devers was recently sworn into office in the state of Oklahoma and immediately uh, presented all sorts of bills to chop down trash world in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, And he has received a ton of coordinated media attacks, right? The journal list or whatever iteration they're on is after him. Uh, He's been mocked by uh, Jimmy Fallon and other creatures that are disgusting. Uh, And so we thought, let's have Dusty on and talk about all of these things. Uh, So welcome, Senator Devers. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Hey, it's my pleasure. It's an honor to talk with you guys, uh, to be amongst the heavier weights than uh, than myself, for sure. And I've learned a lot from you guys. And uh, I was glad I
0: could could match some of your uh, your prowess there, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 calling me a heavyweight, saying I he need to cut keep cutting weight. That's what, <laughs> that's what he saying. He's, he's mocking me phase. on the camera. Yeah, right. it's bulk
1: phase. That's what we're in.
0: <laughs> that's right. That's what we want CJ to be in. He's he's just started deadlifting. So, uh, yeah. what, are yeah. what are you up to now? what uh, are you up to now? Rumor has it, four fifty. Is that where you're at? Uh, well, picking it up. Th-
2: yeah, don't don't get crazy there. <laughs> um, yeah, anyways, Dusty, it's uh, it's good to have you. Um, obviously, we're fans, obviously, our fans are fans, and um, you have a wide uh group yeah. of support um, for everything that you're doing. Um, we wanted to talk about uh, obviously your political agenda, um, but let, I want to start at the beginning because, um, you know, for so long, Christians have taken on this sort of subliminal, um, you know, unconscious instinct that if you hold power. Mm-hmm you are not fulfilling your Christly duty. So let me just start there. Why in the world are you doing what you're doing? And um, does your faith play into that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's everything. The, The glory of Christ and the glory of my Lord is everything. This would be absolutely foolish if Christ wasn't on his throne. It would be garbage for me to take my family through what we've gone through. If Christ was not reigning from his throne on high and having defeated every principality and power and ruler of the air, he is governor, he is ruler of all kings of the earth. And if that were not true, everything that I'm doing is foolhardy and it would be wicked to take my family through that, but because Christ is King and because he is on his throne, everything that I'm uh, pursuing, and I'm going to do it sinfully at times. I I mean, I still am, you know, a man in need of grace and, and much of it. I'm the chief of sinners, but what we are pursuing is of eternal value because Mm -hmm. the value is Christ's, the honor is His. He is increasing and I am decreasing even in, in just taking each step by faith every day. I'm 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 uh, being challenged personally uh, to stretch beyond what I think I'm able to do uh, and my weaknesses are being exposed and, and I'm resting on the strength of God. But man, it's absolutely worth it. Uh, I don't care what enemy comes after me. I do not. Um, Because my Lord has won the battle. He's won the victory. He has saved my soul. He has forgiven me of heinous sin against him. And I stand uh, free in Christ. I stand full of hope and joy. And I am just wanting to get into the stream of the increase of his government and of peace that will have no end. And if I can do any part for my Lord to see his glory cover the earth as the waters cover the sea, then throw me as hard as you physically can into that. And I will obey.
2: Yeah. It's funny for, for so long decades, maybe a century, maybe longer, you know you know, American politicians have really been, they've been, they've been operating in a, in a sea of um, blackmail and peer pressure, and you know there's pressures to fit in there's pressures to make you know corrupt dealings and corrupt money Mm -hmm. um there's incentive-based corruption there's um there's there's corruption that um basically if you do this you'll get rewarded or if you do this we won't you know hit you hard um you are basically above that because of your christianity i mean this is one of the things when you take your christianity seriously It's it's harder to buy you. You know, it's harder to to bring you into the system. And they hate that. And obviously, the media attacks on you have reflected that hatred of someone they can't control. Um, So maybe speak to that. I mean, I mean, we we don't think of like the corruption in Oklahoma, maybe as being as bad as Washington. I live in California, probably not as bad as California. But overall, what's your sense of things at the state level? I mean, Oklahoma is one of the more conservative states. Uh, in America. But like overall, um, you know, what do you what do you what do you make of, um, you know, state level politics compared to Washington? Do you think that there's more a chance of doing good things for your people there at the local level?
1: Yeah, yeah, I do think that there's uh, a serious opportunity. Uh, because number one, I do not think world with worldly pragmatism, I don't care if the most wicked people are in office. God put me in office. I was extremely vocal, very forthright with every one of my positions, ran on platforms that every campaign manager around the world would say, you're a fool. You can't tell people you're going to criminalize the act of prenatal homicide. You cannot tell people that you're going to ban pornography. You can't tell people that, uh, gosh, there's, there's all these positions that I held and, or that I'm going to ban no fall divorce or take, uh, incompatibility. You can't tell people that, well, you know what? I'm going to tell them even harder because if it came through <laughs> the media and they tried to make my campaign, uh, one like awful because of one of those positions, then it filtered through the hands of God first. And because I trust and I've thrown myself into the providence of God I'm going to lean in even harder. Now, I'm not saying that's the campaign strategy for everyone, but I prayed before I got into office and I said, Lord, you know where this, this is going. I'm, I'm, I'm at the tip of a battering ram and I understand that. Uh, I, I, I mean, there's a time for, for some, some more nuance, but I don't think that right now, at least with me as a candidate, knowing who I am and how I'm built, th- the time for nuance is not right now. Uh, We we need to blow this door open and then we can have a whole lot more other guys follow along. But whenever you think about the corruption now, getting back to that, Mm -hmm. um, because the way I I, I was compelled to run my campaign before God, I don't care how wicked uh, the culture is. I don't care uh, about the level of corruption in any state house, whether it's California or New York or or Oklahoma we're gonna do what God says, and I. Worldly pragmatism is everywhere. You think about how many churches are given over to worldliness, and they pursue the the uh, appeasement of whatever culture they is their target audience, and they've got their personas out there, and they yeah. build their marketing scheme, and then they attract the people. I say fie that hell, let it be gone. I want to see. People obey what God says, and I don't have a culture that I'm trying to piece other than the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The intra-Trinitarian culture is the culture that I'm pursuing to obey and to enculturate in this world. Whenever I am out here to write laws, I am writing laws to enculturate the eternal life of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in this age, here and now and that's a simple prayer that Jesus told us yeah. to pray. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the kind of culture that we want. So when you think about the culture in any state and you think about the culture in Oklahoma, yes, we are more trained by our laws and by our our um you know, our history in Oklahoma to appropriate more of a Christian foundation mm-hmm. yes we have more uh civil leaders that are that are adhering more to a Christian framework but pragmatism is still the the baseline and and it's yeah. that pragmatism that has the worldly gaze and what I'm saying is I, look I I can be for pragmatism if it's this. Mm-hmm. What God says will always work and it might not work according to your standards, but it'll work according to God in his timing. And so mm-hmm. all I have to do is obey him, trust him, and he'll sort out the results. Now, that that's mm-hmm. an application that we can talk about in a lot of different areas, because mm-hmm. I've had that conversation numerous times over the past few weeks, especially when I'm talking about uh, abolishing abortion. Mm hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah. Let's let's get into that a little bit, Andrew. I know you have a question on that front.
0: Well, yeah. I think uh, I mean some of it just on the on the pragmatism you know, end of things. You know, even just just thinking about political theory in general, how politics is done, right? You know, politics. There's always negotiation. You're always negotiating, not not only negotiating between parties, but but negotiating various outcomes, right? You pursue this political end. Right, you're you're exchanging one set of trade-offs for versus another. Right. There's gonna be downsides if you do this, and there's gonna be downsides if you do that. Um, and so that's that's just simply the art of politics. Uh, but the problem that we've had for a, at least 60, 70, maybe 80 years in America is on. Uh, there really isn't a right wing in America, and whatever remains, right, is is just you know the shadow um of of perdition, following it to the grave, you know, to use the the Dabney phrase, and um, and so I mean that's from the like the the eighteen hundreds, right? And and so the only way you can you can functionally have a pragmatism that moves the ball forward is you have to have a vanguard that is totally principled and and totally uncompromising that leads the pragmatists toward that end right that's that's the engine that's driving the rest of them they're the caboose right and so we don't we don't have that at all and so what what someone like you presents is is that i mean you had that like in congress um with a guy like ron paul for example who was there and and totally uncompromising he had his agenda his principles and never buckled on them once always was the single lone vote you know Um, and, and so, you know, what, what you're doing in being like the door kicker, right. And saying like, no nuance, I'm just going right in head first, uh, forces those things. So even though you're not going to be the pragmatist and doing that, it creates all sorts of room for people to, you know, do the, the dirty, you know, sausage making of, of politics, you know, behind the scenes and moving, moving the ball forward toward, toward the right ends and actually, picking up wins. Uh, so how, I mean, how do you think, I mean, obviously, you know, just in everything you've communicated now, that is, that's not on the front of your mind necessarily that, Oh, I'm, I'm kind of the lead blocker, clearing space for people to, to do political stuff that might be good, but isn't what I want. Um, you know, do you, do you, uh, do you think about that at all? Do you think, you know, that that's, you know, somewhat good to have, to, you know, push the Overton window, in the state of Oklahoma on all of these issues where, um, I mean, it's unthinkable to even, even the economic stuff, like saying, we shouldn't have an income tax, um, at all. Uh, and you know, to, to move the ball forward on those things to actually accomplish ends for all the, all the compromisers in the Republican party to actually, you know, produce results for the people. Does that, does that play into your thinking at all in, in, in your approach? yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. Okay without a doubt um i've done a lot of internal assessment about who i am about how god's made me and about my parents the upbringing that i had Mm -hmm. and the various challenge and things that have that god has used to prepare me and look i I could be wrong about some things Mm -hmm. uh in my assessment, but, uh, I, I do see myself as kind of like, I, I see no good in me apart from Christ,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but I am willing to be used as kind of smelling salts for the culture. Yeah. Uh, wake up. Yeah. I, you know, when people say, well, you know, I, I don't read much of what, what's on Twitter. Uh, good for or you. social media good. Yeah, um, good. And, and i really don't care at all those mm-hmm. things uh i'm rubber your glue bounces off of me sticks to you <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know i see people oh you're taking us back to the 1800s 1850s i'm like i'm not doing this right i am not doing <laughs> this right. uh I, I wanted to take <laughs> us back to our founding i wanted to take us back earlier like why can't i go back to a, a Lex Rex age or a Vendicia mm-hmm. Contra Tyrannus age or yeah. the law. I mean, why can't we go back and um, I've got to do something better if we're only going to the 1800s, 1850s. <laughs> yeah. that's right. Uh, so, uh, yeah. I mean, the reality is uh, the only reason that I look like an abnormality is because we have such an awful baseline of what is normal. Right. I should look. I'm not a. Uh, I'm not a guru on on politics. I am learning in, I am intensely learning every day, and I've given myself to um, to a very um, aggressive um, means of learning these things. Mm-hmm. I am uploading content persistently at all times i'm like i'm 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 telling, i i've i i'm praying on my knees every morning whenever i go into the capitol with my ea pleading with god help us help us who is adequate for these things oh lord you are capable you are able use your willing servant as you promised to i cling to the promises of christ you know my inadequacies you know my frailties i need you lord I'm throwing myself into His hand, and I look. I don't. If there was somebody else, I would absolutely throw in behind them right now. But God has to raise up certain people for 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 various times, and yeah. uh, I trust Him. I trust yeah. the Holy Spirit. I am given over to His hand and whatever He wants me to do. And my wife was saying earlier, she's like. I'm trying to put a word around the obedience that I see in your life. And she said, I, I want to say it's wild, but that's not the right word. And <laughs> what it is, is like when God tells you to do something and you know it, it's not like, okay. It's like, yeah, let's go, boys. <laughs> Please, let's go, we got the orders. Let's go. And, yeah. And yeah. Okay, you know, isn't yeah.
0: that what it
1: is? The grace of God comes in and it trains us to renounce ungodliness and underhandedness and all these wicked ways and lawlessness. It trains us to renounce that. And instead, mm-hmm. it sends us on a path for zealous obedience. It trains us. Yeah. The grace of God has uh, trained us for to be zealous for good works in this present age. Right now, yeah. not some other time, not yeah. during your parents' day. Right now. This is what I am here for. I will live a short time. I will die and Christ will be known in some meager way in what I've done. And if I get to stand in front of a platform because Jimmy Fallon or the New York Post (laughs) or the Guardian or the Independent or whoever it is wants to absolutely trash me. And then somebody like you guys comes to me and says, tell me why you would do this. And I get to say, because (laughs) that's why then yeah. praise God. it was worth it.
2: Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean, related to that, I think, um, what do you think is going on in, in politics that made you someone your constituency wanted to see represent them? You know, like what, I mean, do you think, do you think this, do you think that your constituency was ripe for someone like yourself 10 years ago? What's happened in the last 10 years that makes them look, for someone who speaks to them in a completely different way than politicians speak to people.
1: Yeah. I'll tell you what happened in the past 10 years. It's a bunch of, of limp-wristed men who looked at the culture and said, Oh, please culture, tell us what to do. How can we (laughs) serve you? And they went and they knocked on the doors and they ran all these surveys and they said, Oh God of culture. How may we obey today? And I'm here to say that God of the culture is defying the God who is truly overall. And I will obey mm-hmm. him. And I went to six thousand plus doors in my in my district and I knocked on them. And I had a conversation and I said, look, I believe that Jesus is King and that he rules over our politics and anything else that we would follow is going to end up in the chaos, the decay, the rot that you're seeing all around us. And the reason why we're seeing it is because we're in judgment. Now, are you willing to uh, vote for someone like me?
2: <laughs> right. And
1: they would say, well, what about this? And, it's, and I'd give them still look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm situated in this world. That's why I'm trying to learn politics and learn our founding and go back to our constitutional contract with the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people made a contract with us, and they told us how to obey. And through the consent of the governed, we were given, by God's grace, a constitution that I think largely is uh, well-suited. And uh, Oklahoma has given us a contract, the people. And so power arises from the people, but that power needs to be in line with God-given rights. Mm -hmm, And so those powers that are God-given must be... um, you utilized in accordance mm-hmm. with God's will and accordance with our contract with each other and our consciences. But at the door I was knocking and those people, I'm just telling you people around the state, people are like, Oh, that's a purple district. Uh, the p- current politicians, they're purple. Um, you need to take a purple, uh, uh, standard. And I said, All I know is whenever I wake up in the morning, I see the red shed blood of Christ, and that's all I will see. I will not see blue. I will not see purple. I will see the blood of Christ shed for these people, and I will go out. And if you're telling me I get to knock on 6,000 doors and tell them about Christ, amen, let's turn politics up. Let's get going finally, I'm going to knock on these people's doors and I'm not just going to say, hey, I want to tell you about Jesus. They're going to say, you're a politician. I want to know. And I'm here to interview for a job. And they let me preach the glories of Christ. You know, That's that's awesome. Awesome. Uh, So what made them ripe for it? They saw all the weak men who had no spine, Mm -hmm. who had no backbone, who were jellyfish in a sea of jellyfish. And Mm -hmm. they We're sick of it. And I can tell Mm -hmm. you around the state, there is no stronger, greater movement than than two two people, two groups. One it's the Christian abolitionists, the Mm -hmm. abortion abolitionists, and two, and this is the church, you know, the saints, and also the grassroots are extremely energized. They Mm -hmm. are waiting for men to be men. And to get on the front lines and fight the true enemies that are out there that are coming after our women and our children. They are coming mm-hmm. after our heritage. They are trying to rewrite our past so they can dictate our future. We need men to stand up and fight. And I'm telling you, uh, and you guys are seeing it probably more than me, but in my district and across the state of Oklahoma. The people are arising and they are awakening, and God is bringing revival like in uh, mm-hmm. in my in my lifetime, which is just still really short.
2: Andrew, yeah, I, I think I
0: mean what you're what you're saying is um, you know, stuff that I that I, I kind of see in, in all throughout the country. And I mean you see this like just looking at, at politics generally, um, you know, there's a lot of conversation. There was a you know special election, I think, in in New York or something. It was for George Santos's seat and the GOP nominated some boring person that uh <laughs> that's just a normal Republican. And um and she lost. And and you see this with like the twenty twenty two elections and, and things like that, where generic milk toast Republicans don't cut it for the typical Republican voter anymore. They want people that they're going to go fight. Uh, and you see that, and, and you see a lot of the commentariat um, misunderstanding this. They think that, Oh, the parties turned into a cult of personality and they just want Trump and, and they, they just like him. And that's the, that's all, all it is. <clears throat> and it's like, they, they totally misunderstand why people like him. It's because there, there's something about him that seems like this guy wants to fight. Right. And they want that. Right. They, and they think, oh, it's just because he's mean. So we'll be mean. So they tell Ron DeSantis, i oh, be a little bit meaner on the campaign trail. And it's like, no, that's not it either. It's that you have to prove to the people that you're willing to fight. You're willing to take positions that might be unpopular, uh, either with the donor class or the, the machinery of the Republican Party or even with the general public. And you're willing to, if you're willing to take unpopular positions, that's a, a signal that you're trustworthy, that you actually mean what you say. And, and that, that resonates with people, right? They, they want that. They, they, they see all the things happening and there's nobody to fight for us. And so when you hear that, so even as you're in this purple district and you're saying, I'm going to go fight, I'm going to go fight these people. They might not, they might be thinking, well, I'm not really pro-life. You know, I might have, you know, these, this view or that view on abortion or, or whatever. Uh, but they see a guy who is genuine, who really believes what he's saying and is, and is a Christian. That actually believes what he's saying. This bleeds into, you know, conversation about the church as well. Um, I mean, we just did a we just did a video on the Super Bowl commercial earlier this week, and it's the same principle, right? That's that's just sheer pragmatism. That's just communicating what people want to hear, right? That's the whole point of it, rather than saying we're going to tell you what you don't want to hear, but we actually mm-hmm. believe it, 100% genuinely. And it's that that genuineness that transcends all this stuff. Right, that people they they would rather hear you say what you actually believe than what you don't believe that you're telling them what they want to hear. So it, it plays into politics, it plays into the church, and and ultimately, like it's it's that yeah, we're squishy and we're these yeah you know, spineless jellyfish that that don't want to tell people anything they don't want to hear. And uh I, I I look at it that why why are we in the situation that we're in? Why why are things the way they are? Well, what well, God has brought all of these things, you know, through like secondary causes, right? That He's allowed all the enemies to surround us and take over things, uh, to force the church to raise up men that are going to fight.
1: Yeah, and, yeah,
0: and, and and so that that's what I see that you're doing, and mm-hmm. your 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 example isn't it's just just you in the state of Oklahoma, which is not. You know, not to not to be rude to your state or anything. It's not the most important state in the country, Um, but the fact that you're doing this stuff, all the attention in the world, right? From papers in in the UK are like, what is going on in Oklahoma? Uh, Where it it sends shockwaves, and what it does is inspires all sorts of men that that feel the same way and feel like they can't do anything. And it's like, well, state level elections, like you can run. You could run and you could do the exact same <clears throat> thing if you put the work in. Like I mean, you you mentioned you're knocking on six thousand doors, right? People don't want to do that. They want to just like show up and be voted for. It's like it takes <clears throat> a lot of work if you want to actually win. Mm-hmm. But you do that, and and you can, and then yeah. you move the ball forward. And so I just you know I, I'm I'm It might sound like I'm rambling here, but I'm, I'm, I'm I'm fired up even from the opening thing. I'm like, I'm ready to run through a wall. You know, (laughs) you're getting me going here. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I just want to communicate that like, that's how people are feeling. And you, uh, you're inspiring a lot of men in particular, uh, to, to do these kinds of things and and do things locally in the state level because like national politics, that's, that's a ball game that, that I don't think we're quite ready for yet. Um, and, and at, at the end of the day, like the, the regime is so powerful that, you know, little people like us are not going to be able to knock it over. Um, but at the state level, that's where the action is. That's where we can actually accomplish things. Um, and so there was a question in, in the chat earlier, like, oh, should there be a Christian nationalist party? Cause the Republican party stinks. And, And it's like, I'm not, I'm not so much interested in that. Like all the stuff I've done, all the writing books and and the show and things like that. I'm not interested in like a political movement or a political party. I'm much more interested in the church and getting the church to think rightly about politics, Mm -hmm. to grow a spine, to Mm -hmm. stand up to evil that is Mm -hmm. happening all over the place. And you, do you kind of agree with that, that that should be our main uh, focus is, is not, it is not, oh, we're going to pass all sorts of legislation even though those things are good that's what you're doing um but rather change how the church approaches these issues and 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 starts to be much more bold right is that kind of mm-hmm. one of the secondary effects uh, or maybe primary effect of of what you're doing here isn't even the impact you have on government but on the church
1: oh yeah i mean that's exactly what's going on <clears throat> if you're going to give me a platform uh to to ex the works of the evil one and to promote the the (laughs) glorious power of Christ and to help people um, expel the the folly and the sluggardness in their own lives uh, through a greater affection for Christ. Well, just just do it give it to me I'll proclaim it and and we'll move forward and it's going to uh jolt the church uh into into action and praise God man Christ gets the glory amen yeah. so here's here's some of the things that like you were talking I'm just agreeing with you Andrew
0: um I think a lot of <laughs> what what CJ does too yeah <laughs> uh, I think, uh,
1: what a, a lot of what's been going on in um uh, like when you see somebody like, oh, that's kind of a, he's kind of a, um, a, a man who's it, it, it is he un is he tameable? What can we do <laughs> to uh, to keep this in check? And I would say, <clears throat> you know, Proverbs twenty two thirteen said says a sluggard says, "There's a lion in the streets; we shall all be killed." <clears throat> and really. The person that we need is to say, there's a line in the streets. Well, let's go kill
0: it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Instead of, oh, we might be killed. There are any number of hypotheticals and rhetoricals that could be out there. I don't care about all of those. Count the cost and then spend the money. And whenever you count the cost and the cost is Christ is king, he's going to win, and he's gonna, he's given us marching orders, be wise as serpents, innocent as doves, all of those things in, in line, full of grace and truth, full of truth that has grace. Um, but love is only according to the truth. And so yeah. when you find the truth in Christ, then you go forward and you do not shrink down, you do not shrink back. Proverbs 24, 11 says, <clears throat> I'm sorry, for 2410 says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Mm-hmm. The day of adversity. Well, when's that? Well, the day that you're tested. Yeah. The day that you're called on, your numbers pulled, and God says, all right, son, <clears throat> it's time. I've prepared you all these years. How, God, how did you prepare me? Because every day had its own little beginning. And if you don't neglect the day of small beginnings, but you take every step and just trust me, just trust me the next day, you're going to be called on to trust a little bit more. And Jesus promises that he's going to give you the grace for the, for the anxieties or the worries of the day. Mm -hmm. And if you pray, give us today our daily bread. He's also going to give you the daily grace that you need. So the next day you're going to be called and if you faint when you're, when you're in the day of adversity, it's because your strength was small. Well, why was it small? Christ's strength isn't small. Mm-hmm. The glory of God and the power of Christ is not small. Ours is. But it's mm-hmm. only large if, if we cling to the power that we have in Christ. Uh, And so the next verse says, rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. And so when you combine a passage like Proverbs 22, it says, the sluggard says, Mm -hmm. the guy who shrunk back in the day of adversity, he makes a thousand Mm -hmm. excuses. And he says, there's a lion in the streets. We're all going to (laughs) die. Instead, you should stay. You should get up and say that lion is violating the authority of Christ. I am going to destroy that lion. And today is the day to do it. And I will rescue those who are being led away to death. And I will hold back those who are stumbling to slaughter. slaughter. And then if someone says, oh, but we can't do that, then you just read Proverbs twenty-four, twelve to them. And you say, if you say, behold, we did not know this, what we were supposed to do. That's not true. Yeah. You can't make that excuse because it says, Does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Who weighs the heart? Mm-hmm. God knows. God knows what he's called you to do. He knows what he's exposed to your mind and to your affection. <laughs> he perceives it. Does not he yeah. who keeps watch over your soul know it? And will he not repay man according to his work? He will.
2: One of the things, Dusty, that I I think a lot of people appreciate about you is you recognize um, there's this phrase that I like. um, It's, you know, just this idea of politics as um, a matter of life and limb. And it's not something that you're you're going into politics um, as if it was just like an office job. You're going into politics Mm -hmm. because it's it happens to be a theater of battle. And I think that's one of the things Mm -hmm. people appreciate you. I want to make that real for a minute and kind of get into the nitty gritty and ask you with that mindset that you just um, you know expressed how does that work when you actually are in the, you know the government building what is that like so it's kind of a two-fold question you know what what does your daily life look like and and B, um, how do other people other senators there in Oklahoma how do they treat you and does that affect what you're doing at all
1: yeah those are really good questions and and, and things that I really do want to talk about uh, my day starts every day with a hour and 30 minute hour and 20 to 30 minute drive. Um, I, I start by by, my in the scriptures, uh, reading several chapters, preparing before the Lord for the warfare that's ahead of me. I do wake up every day knowing uh, the battle is there. It's not mine. It's the Lord's and I need to prepare my heart and mind for action and gird up my heart, gird up my, my mind. And that is done through the scriptures and through prayer. I take that hour and a half drive and I will, uh, take in content, uh, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, I, I've, I've, I've just, I've listened to numerous books, uh, over the past few months. Um, and that, that content is, is, I I see it as a, um, as a, as a command from my king to prepare for battle. I also see it as a contract and a, and a commitment that I've made to the people that I represent and to the church uh, to, to prepare myself for the action. And I get to the Capitol and I sprint up the five flights of stairs with all my gear uh, because I am running. I'm running into the battle. I'm not not walking. I'm and I'm not joking. I have to tell. I have to do these kinds of things to remind myself. <laughs> uh, and my EA, uh, he is an incredible uh, man. He is. He helps me a lot. He sprints the stairs. Uh, when he gets there, I get there typically at 7:30 in the morning, um, and our session will start at nine. And when we when he gets there, we hit our knees and we cry out to God for help knowing that who is adequate for these things. Uh, without the Lord on our side, we are wholly incapable. Um, from there, I read and prepare, I study bills, I study the language, I study our Constitution and our Oklahoma Constitution, and I try to make everything adhere to the, the scriptures, the U.S. Constitution, and the Oklahoma Constitution, and then I bring in like Federalist papers and and other uh helpful uh, aspects to those, to those uh, fights. Um, When we go to the floor, I'm constantly, I I walked into the, onto the floor of the Senate yesterday and God washed over me very clearly. You're a pastor. I'm a, I'm I'm a, I'm a legislator, but I walk in as a pastor too. Mm. And and I, those are souls in that room with me. Mm. They are also hurting people uh i'm not saying they are physically hurting people they are people who are (laughs) some of them are (laughs) (laughs) Uh, they are people who are hurting and they have needs their souls have needs Mm. they need someone Mm. like me to go in and care for them too um and i'm seeking to win them to christ as well uh i've i'm having Tons of conversations with, with those folks and trying to establish a relationship with them.
2: Do they think Uh, you're crazy? Do they appreciate you? What's their hmm. overall feeling toward you?
1: The full range, the full spectrum is how they feel about me. Um, Most of them won't say, um, and that's okay. I understand. It's, it's like, How do you how do you deal with a bull in a China shop? You know, (laughs) Um, and I want to show them that, uh, like, actually, if you go and have a conversation with that bull, he actually speaks English. Um, And and I mean,
2: they're probably reading all the media reports about you. I mean, they probably are nervous around you. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not a team player, you're not part of the, you know, the the you know, the like the inner boys club over there at the mm-hmm. at the Senate. I can't imagine that you're invited to um you know the wheeling and dealing sessions at all. Um so you know, do you feel like an outsider or does that not even enter your mind?
1: Um I mean that that yeah, it's there, it's there for sure. You know, there there are a lot of things that happen that I intentionally put myself outside of. Um, I haven't gone to a single lobbyist meal. Uh, I haven't taken any meals from lobbyists uh, because uh, the bread of the king's house can become very enticing, and yeah. um, I, I I know uh, that that there are, scriptures warn us about those things because uh, the best men are men at best, and I'm not even one of the best yeah. men, um, and we can we can. We're all susceptible uh, to bribery, to um, to flattery, all those kinds of things. And we have to put metrics in place to to guard ourselves from those things. Mm-hmm. So,
2: um, you know, whenever mm-hmm. I'm going in
1: into committee meetings, uh, I ask a lot of questions. And uh, I feel like, though, through the past just two weeks since we've been up there, probably people's perception of me has changed considerably because they see, like, man, he's, I've had several people come up to me and then you're a nice guy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there is a public persona of who I, who I am. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's something, it's a thing, you know, it's kind of like, it's, it's a thing of its, of its own uh, metaphysic making. Um, But uh, whenever I'm in person with these, I'm, I'm, I'm a pastor. I care for their souls. I I ask about their families and um, and I, I, I give support to good legislation. I mean, we we voted on 11, 12 bills yesterday. Uh, I voted no on just a <laughs> few of them, um, not yeah. all of them, you know, because mm-hmm. some of them, are. yeah, this is good. I mean, I don't no. think that that's the highest priority of government, but it's going to make some things better for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to get to those higher priority issues, of yeah. course, um, and that's kind of what you're talking about. But uh, I, I do see it as a, a theater of battle. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, it, it's a theater of battle. Uh, while also recognizing that there are soldiers who who maybe they're not quite ready to fight in that direction, but they're there to fight. And some people sent them there to fight and, and in, they are fighting for their own uh, causes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think they want me to fight for their causes and just like I would want them to fight for, for some of my causes. So it, it in that way, it's, it's kind of continually encouraging them towards a, uh, a certain direction and being new, uh, you know, I, there's a, there's a pecking order of things. I don't perceive it like that. I didn't, I didn't, I have told several people in the past few days, I've had these conversations. Look, the people in my district are percentage-wise just as much Oklahoman as every other Oklahoman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't care if you've been there for 11 years, uh, 10 years, or even 12 years. Uh, the people in my district uh, are just as valuable and worth uh, hearing and having their voice heard as anybody else who's at, at the top levels of power. So we've got mm-hmm. to to stop muzzling those people. And I'm not going to act like this power structure is legitimate. I don't, yeah. I don't recognize it as legitimate. I'm going to, to go and stand on the power structure that I have. And that is crisis King. He has given me his Holy spirit. He, the Holy spirit is using the various gifts that I have and the service and putting before me services and activities to do. And the higher power is the word uh, and how we're going to articulate this thing and what we're going to operate according to is the word of God, the constitution, the Oklahoma state constitution. Um, so yes, there is a theater of battle, uh, but it's not always fever pitched warfare. Yeah. And uh, sometimes it's, you know, we're, we're, we're cleaning up some wounds and doing other things like that. And, you know, like more of the bedside manner. Um, <clears throat> so let, let me just say one more thing, because I know I've kind of talked a little bit right here, but, um, I would like to say there are matters that are extremely important that I, that, that we need to be prioritizing. Yeah. And I'll say it like this. Uh, let's say Andrew and CJ are in a restaurant together and a guy comes running up and he starts stabbing CJ. And CJ's like, help me, Andrew. <laughs> and uh, Andrew says, look, listen, CJ. I know what you're thinking, and this is a big ordeal to you, but I've got to represent the rest of my constituents, and there are a lot of issues that are very important, and I think we just need to take this into account and not be a single-issue voter. And CJ is going to take the knife and maybe start stabbing. (laughs) (laughs) Help me! You're a wicked human. What's wrong with you?
2: Yeah. Um, So true.
1: There there are times when you have to recognize that there are matters of life and death. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. if no one is crying out for those people, and they're being slaughtered every day. Then when you come up there and you have an intensity level that says there are, for instance, 10 to 15 children being killed every day in the state of Oklahoma, and they have no voice. So Proverbs 30 says someone is going to have to go and raise their voice for the mute. Speak up for the mute. For those who don't have a voice. That's us. And you might think, Dusty, why are you pushing the abolition of abortion? Why are you willing to hurt people's feelings over it? Why are you even willing to challenge the Republican establishment? We might lose elections over this. You know what we won't mm-hmm. lose? We won't lose the joy of Christ. I won't mm-hmm. lose the, uh, the thanks from those thousands and thousands, perhaps millions of children that stand there before me on the day of judgment and said, thank you for having a voice for us. Thank you for raising up your mm-hmm. voice. There really was a lion in the streets and he was devouring us. It wasn't that fake paper tiger that everybody else is fighting over. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm fired up about it. But there's people who are dying every day. And yeah. we want to say, don't be single issue voters. Well, mm-hmm. I'm who cares? pretty yeah. sure if you and if it was your kids that were being slaughtered, you would be a single issue voter. You would yeah. put everything else away and say there's bloodshed. And it, it's not going to be on my watch. You know, yeah. and I'm, yeah, I'm a little bit turned up a little bit yeah. right now. <laughs> Good. You know, somebody has to be.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Amen. Well, Dusty, we really appreciate you taking the time to do this. And I know you have a busy day, so we'll probably go for a few more minutes, but I, I have one more big question and then I'll let Andrew follow up with his last. um, But I came across this quote that I, I want to get your, your um, perspective on, and maybe it'll help you going forward. Um, it was, it was in, in Massachusetts um, in, in 1645, Governor John Winthrop, right? Mm-hmm. So there's this, always this tension in politics. Like, you know, if you're elected to represent a people, is your job to do what the people wants or is your job to do what's right? How do you balance those two, right? And so his answer was he looked at the the general court of Massachusetts and he said, <clears throat> he basically said, it is you who have called me into this office. But being called, I have my authority from God. It is an ordinance of God, and it hath the image of God stamped upon it. And the contempt of it has been vindicated by God with terrible examples of his vengeance. In other words, it was the people that gave the catalyst for him to be in the position, but the authority that comes with the position is from God. And so that was sort of his balance of the answers. He he represents what the people's best interests are, but he ultimately answers not to the people, but to God. He recognized that people can become corrupted by propaganda, by politics, by the, the de- degrading culture of everyday life. And so therefore he looked out for their interests, but the authority of the office was not placed there by the people, but by God. And so that was his answer to the balance. And so I guess my question is, um, how do you play that? How do you think about that? I know you're you're studying political theory and all these things, and you're, you've been thrust into this position. And obviously it's not your function to work out you know, like arcane political doctrines, but do you ever think mm. about the balance of representing your people, but also the fact that your position, y- the authority that you have ultimately as a magistrate comes from God? Do you ever think about that balance and how do you? Delineate? So I think about it
1: Every day. Um, I thought about it whenever I got into the race. Lord, how do I understand this? Because I'm not going to represent every idea. Mm-hmm. People hold ideas. And I'm not going to represent every idea. Uh, A, it's physically impossible. B, it would be heinous to represent some of those ideas. Uh, I would be uh, a a wicked human if I did uh, represent some of those ideas. Um, and, And I mean, thinking of it in terms of representing people and representing ideas, people have a thousand ideas about how things are going, should go. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. Uh, Some of them are in the right side. Some of them are on the left, even with the same person. Uh, Really what I am to represent is, um, is remember these are God-given rights to life, liberty, property, pursuit of happiness. They're God-given rights. You have the liberty has been secured for you for yourself and your prosperity. what liberty? The liberties that God provides. Those liberties, you're free. You're free to do those things that God says you can do. Uh, you're not free to perform any of those uh, those uh, you have the ability to do things that you uh, that violate the rights of others their life, liberty, and property. You have the ability to, but you should not, and you uh, that's why our laws exist, to keep you from exercising the ability to do those things that are going to violate people's life, liberty, and property. Now, who do I represent? I represent God, and I represent the best interests of all people in my district, and the best interest is the right to life, liberty, and property. Now, that having that conversation... Um, The not all things are not all sins are crimes. I have the ability to call you uh, a really wicked names and still not have violated any crime. Uh, But if I come over and I punch you in the face and I start screaming these things at you, well, I have violated your life, liberty, property. And uh, that now is a crime. And um, what our state has done is turned certain uh, certain things into sins according to the state and then they've criminalized uh people for when when we had no sin against God mm-hmm. and they're wanting us to sin against God in order that we may obey the state and I'm not going to represent mm-hmm. that. Um, I don't'm yep. not going to represent bad law either um, whenever and so maybe I'll say one more thing about this. I was very straightforward with the people in my district. I didn't, I was not a used car salesman. I didn't hold any punches. I told them here's where I believe. And and the reason why I did that is so that if you send me up to the Capitol, you should just be very certain about what I'm going to do. And whenever I'm in those committee meetings or I'm in Republican caucus meetings, or whenever I'm having conversations in my office, I just want you to know that you send me up here. I can tell everybody out there, I represent the voice of the people. When I say abolish abortion, whenever I say abolish pornography, whenever I say Mm -hmm. repeal the income tax, whenever I say these things, I actually represent them because I told them all straightforward. Mm -hmm. And the overwhelming majority by 10 points of our district said, that's what we want. You get up there and do that. Yeah. So I get yeah. to have that voice for my district because I didn't, I didn't hold anything back. I leaned right. in yeah. hard right. and yeah. uh, everybody can say, well, he, you know, he didn't hide anything. I've had people come to my office. Yeah, yeah you sure did. You told <laughs> them you told them everything. And yeah. I've had, uh, 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 senators come by and like, well, they voted you in.
2: Yeah. And- it's funny. Like people are like, you know, uh, you know, the, the mask is coming off dusty. It's like, I've been saying this the whole time. This has yeah. always been my agenda. <laughs> what people wanted from me, you know. They're like, "You let the mask slip." It's like, "No, this is my this is what I'm doing. This is what I was called to do. This is what I promised I was going to do, and now you're seeing me do it." So, I agree. mean, the,
1: the people in my district, they I had no mask. Yeah. yeah. I went out and straightforward, they 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 would have these uh uh town halls or these forums and they're like, "We we want we've been 30 minutes, okay? 30 minutes." And I'd give a 10-minute, 15-minute speech, and then they they would ask me questions and we'd be there three hours every time then. And some of them, I was the only one that showed up and I just put myself out. And I said, look, I don't know everything. I, I know a few things. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm willing to learn, but this is an interview. I'm coming to the people who have, have written this contract and who are going to that I'm, I'm governing um, with your consent and i I have a duty to go and and let you and make myself available to you because I honor you, because I respect you, to for for you to ask me the questions and interview me for the job. Mm. So every I I I was duty bound before God and before these people that I say I want to go and fight for, to go and present myself to them. That's why I went to the doors, that's why I went to the debates. And the forums and discussions, and made myself available as long as they wanted to stay. Um, and sometimes I was the only uh, candidate that showed up at those forums or those town halls because, you know, people—it it can get unruly. You know,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, wow. If if you have a bunch of people who have not been represented well for a long time, right, they mm-hmm. are ticked off, mm-hmm. right, and. They just see government bad, and I would agree yeah. with them. The government <laughs> has, to. and now yeah. it's like I am part of that, but I don't have to be of it, yeah. I can be in it, but not of it. Um, and uh, you know, uh, the mask is off, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> <my> <laughs> so you're Clark Kent now. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I I haven't had a mask the whole time.
2: I appreciate, you know, I appreciate the spirit of that question. And I think it reflects everything that you've, you've done over, um, you know, since the time you even thought about doing this, I think it's, um, you've been transparent and honest and this is what you're going to do. And this is what you have done. So Andrew, I'll let you take it away with sort of a follow-up thought and then we'll, we'll go from there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just my, my last question, you kind of, piggybacks there on on CJ, you know, especially he brings up John Winthrop, yeah, a quote from the 17th century. And um, one of the things that I see your, that you're accomplishing, you know, whether and and part of the question is whether you're intending this or not, um, is that in in the church in America, since the middle of the 20th century, uh, you have this this idea of secularism, that we should view politics as like political atheism, that there should be no Christianity in the public sphere. Like that's that's what the gospel teaches. That's what, what uh, Protestant doctrine has always said. And it, it isn't true at all. And you go back to the heritage of America to even hundreds of years before the Constitution, right? The whole history of America was explicitly Christian, that our mm-hmm. politics was explicitly Christian, that that all of our leaders and rulers, they they were clearly consciously under the authority of God. And, and if the church begins to just dive back into our heritage in America um, regarding politics, that things could radically transform very, very quickly if we just started to flex those muscles again. And so are, are you leaning into that? Are you leaning into this is the way America was, and this is the way the church was in America. We need to change. We need to go back to that. We need to go back to having a Christian uh, public square where Christians are free to say, "No, these things are wrong because God says so," and our rulers are under God's authority. Right? Those are the things that, right? When when you think about the impact that you're having. And the people that are going to emulate you and 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 follow the same path, because I think there's going to be over the next several years many other people that, that are going to follow your lead. Right. Is that what you're, you know, more more than anything else uh in the big picture, hoping to accomplish? Right? Do you want the heritage of a Christian America to be restored? Uh I want
1: the heritage of the nations to be restored. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't care. Uh, who you are, where you are on the planet. Every nation is Christ's. Yeah, America started understanding that far more than we do now, but the nations are raging and the peoples are plotting in vain. The, the, the kings and the rulers of the earth have set themselves against the Lord and his anointed, saying, let us burst their bonds, let us cast them apart. But he who sits in the heavens laughs. He holds them in derision and he's going to speak in his fury, and he is going to terrify all the nations, America included, and and he will say, as for me, whether it's America or Zimbabwe or, or Ireland or wherever, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. When? When Christ rose from the grave and was seated at the right hand of the Father 40 days later, and he reigns and rules from on high. He has set them there, and he is telling of his decree, and that's what I am here to do. Tell of the decree of God. Christ the King is the Son, and he has been the only begotten of the Father, and he is going to make the nations... He is making them and he is going to make all the nations from to the ends of the earth, the possession of Christ. And he is going to break the rod and he uh, break them with a rod of iron. He broke me with a rod of iron, so to speak. Yeah, I was an enemy and by his Mm -hmm. glorious grace, I have become a friend a humble servant, an adopted son or daughter. And so I am just here to proclaim, kings and rulers of the earth, be wise. Don't be fools. Be warned. And kiss the son. Serve the Lord with fear and trembling. Kiss him because he he will be angry and, and he you will perish in his way if you do not bow the knee. So America, yes, America just name every other nation and every other country. And I'll say, yes, (laughs) let's go line it all up. It's all going to come to Christ of the increase of his government and of peace. There will be no end. He will do this. And uh, look, praise God. We had a better founding in America and we've got to, uh, we've got to explode that founding from the seams. Like I don't want just a few. I want them all. To, to know the grace of God in Christ. I want them all to know the mercy that I've experienced in Christ. I want them all to, to taste and see that the Lord is good and that his goodness is better than the sweetest of wine, better than anything that's offered in the at the vines of this world. He is he is great, and all the ends of the earth will turn to the Lord and they will remember. That the Lord has established his feet. The Lord has established Christ on Zion. The kingship belongs to our Lord and that he rules over the nations and all the prosperous of the earth will eat and worship before him and they will all bow down and all who go down to the dust, even the ones who couldn't keep themselves alive. That's all of us. We're going to rise and we're going to stand before him someday and we will be a white bride made ready for the marriage feast of the lamb and Christ will be. He will finally take the supper again and we will take it to him, take it with him together and we will see every tear white from our eye. Every pain will be healed. We will experience the everlasting kindness of our God and I want people to experience that.
2: well we can't top that so um dusty <laughs> i appreciate i appreciate your your time with us but also your enthusiasm um to represent um, the true cre- kingdom of christ and um you know i think it's it's refreshing it's right but it's also refreshing i think people are yeah. um, in need of of someone who's energetic and represents um, the kingdom of light rather than the kingdom of darkness. And um, everywhere we look in politics, there's signs and residues of the kingdom of darkness. And I, um, it's inspiring. I think people are fired up and I hope that you are setting a tone and a pace for more to come after you. So thank you for your time. Um, you're welcome to join us as a co-host going forward. We'll probably, <laughs> probably get more enthusiasm. In the, in the, in the, just thank you for your time again. Yeah. I, have, I have nothing else um, on that. And I know you have a busy day.
0: Yeah, thank you so much, Dusty, and 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 pray for this man. Everyone that's that's watching this, listen to this. Uh, pray for him and for the state of Oklahoma and for our, for our nation. Uh, thank you so much, Dusty. Thank you all for for watching and listening, and uh, stay fired up like I am right now. Uh, <laughs> and we will see you next time.